lot you can do in this town You set it up and turn it around We might have come from somewhere else But this is where we found ourselves Welcome to the local show People you work with, people you to another edition of The Local Show here on Grassroots Community Network. I'm Eric Scarvin, your host. Thanks for joining us this week on High Definition, you guys. We're now in the HD era, the last couple of weeks here on Grassroots TV. So thanks for everyone who supports GTV and all our efforts to keep upgrading. We also want to, on that note, welcome our Facebook Live audience and YouTube audience. I want to introduce you to a first-time guest of the week. He's the editor of the Aspen Times. Welcoming David Krause to the show. Thanks, David, Eric. Nice to, yeah, nice nice to meet you, actually, thank for you. the first time. I know. It's such an iconic show to be on. Oh, well, Klaus thank you. and Gretchen and all the ones oh, I've man. seen through the years. So I don't know what I'm doing on here, but I'll do my best. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's an honor to have you. And we have so much to get to, obviously, with all the news, sure. especially the local news as of late. Right. Uh, but no, thanks for taking the time to be here. I know you're yeah. a very busy guy. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, busy place to be in Aspen. Yeah, don't worry. I won't have you yodel like Klaus. That's just, correct. I'd leave that all to him. I can try it, but I don't know if you'd like it. You might have to clip it. So. Right. <laughs> we only have so much time for editing. That's right. On the That's show. right. But uh, let's uh, let's kind of page back sure. in time a little bit. I'd love to have the viewers, in, in order to get to know you kind of a little bit, um, your background. And, sure. You know, we're all kind of products of our childhood, our parents, yeah. you know, especially where we grew up. And yeah. you originally were born in Detroit, Michigan, Yeah, correct? I was in uh, 67, 311, 67. Actually, I'm the okay. fourth out of five kids and wow. uh, grew up in a big family, uh, a big Catholic family. And nice. uh, we left uh, Detroit in 76 when it got pretty sketchy. Okay. Um, wound up in Oklahoma with my dad's job. He was in the grocery business. And okay. so we were there and I went to school there from uh, fourth grade through college. Um, met my wife there and uh, had visited Colorado back in the late 70s when my aunt and uncle were in Pueblo West. And always thought the first time I got here, I was like, I am going to live there. And uh, I met a woman in Oklahoma who wanted to be in Colorado too. And I said, let's do this. And <laughs> Got a good job in 1995 up in Loveland as the sports editor of the Reporter Herald. I was in sports for a long time, and uh, and just one thing led to another. Wound up at the Denver Post in 2000 and was there until uh, I took the job here in um, uh, February of 17. So a little over a year and a half, about a year and a half now that I've been in wow. Aspen. But we've wow. been coming up here for years. We always, always hated the Sunday at 11 o'clock when you had to start driving <laughs> back to Denver. <laughs> and finally, my wife and I said about three or four years ago, you know, people like us live up here. We just have to figure out right. how to do it. Right. And we love Denver. It was great to raise our kids there. But, uh, you know, how can you beat this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have friends in Denver who are like, when are you coming back to visit? And I'm like, when are you coming up here to visit? Why should I go down there? Exactly. Anymore? Exactly. You guys you know? come this way. Right. Right. Then they can head back at Sunday at 11. Exactly. You get to stay now. Exactly. There's no going back. Yeah. I, we met some friends in Glenwood for lunch on Sunday. They were coming from the junction back to Denver. And Amy and I kind of chuckled. We got done at 1230 and we got to drive back up this way. Uh, and they were headed to the Floyd Hill mess. And all the downhill getting back into oh. Denver on Sunday. So we don't so, miss that at all. All in the rear view mirror. Yeah. There's no going back. No. But there was something interesting, um, you know, in your background from your childhood. You were actually quite young when you got paid for your first byline. And yeah. were you in you were in Oklahoma at that point? I was, yeah. We went I went to high school in Oklahoma and I was um, we had a small suburb called uh, Bethany, Oklahoma, and they had a 
twice a week newspaper called the Bethany Tribune Review. And when I was 14 years old, I got hired to cover high school football for our high school. Ah. And I got paid uh, $25 a story. Nice. And I had to have it turned in by uh, Monday morning. And I would type it. I had a typewriter. I bought oh, yeah. it. Yeah, and this manual? is 80. Manual? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or manual. electronic? No, okay. manual. Manual. Uh, it was 83. Hunt and Peck. Were you doing the Hunt yep. and Peck? As hard as you could. I got taught a finger and a thumb. And that's oh, how you there do you it. go. Because <laughs> those old ones, you can't do this. You know? Right. You used to kind of pound on those manuals. You did, yeah. Which actually are having a resurgence right now. They it's are. It's hard to find like them. like typewriter clubs. I know. It's like for the millennial hipsters are. Yeah, people that. collect them now, and I thought about collecting them, but they take up so much space. Right, you know, right. kind and of around here, clunky. especially, yeah, the space is at a premium. Uh, <laughs> but you go so. to the football games, so that would be like Friday night. Yeah, Friday night, and I'd have my type my story over the weekend, over the weekend, and I would slide it under the door. My mom or my brother <laughs> would drive me to the newspaper office, and I'd slide it under the door Sunday night, and they would typeset it, and so yeah, and twenty five dollars a story, and I did that my, uh, gosh, sophomore, junior senior years so i guess it's probably 15 or so and, so what was, uh, the, what was the essence like what was the the draw what did you love about that you know i always loved sports i grew up in detroit um and my dad would always take us to red wing games or tigers games or the harlem globetrotters because he didn't like the nba so he loved basketball <laughs> but he didn't like the nba so we go to the globetrotters <laughs> and i always just like the energy of sports okay. and you know, I got to a point I had knee problems as a kid and I couldn't play anymore. And I had a, a high school English teacher, Randy Baker, who said, you know, why don't we see about help, having you help us out? And then I had a high school journalism teacher, uh, Marsha Faisal, who I still stay in contact with on Facebook. Nice. Um, and she was young at the time and was our student advisor for the high school student paper. And it just kind of crescendoed. And when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, I drove to the... Um, newspaper in Oklahoma City, the Daily Oklahoman, and I said, hey, can I work here? And they said, well, it's summertime, but if you come back in August, you can help us answer phones. And so I started answering phones at the big newspaper and worked my way up there. Um, and then we kind of made the move in 95, got married in uh, 94 and moved up here in 95. Wow. And then you had, yeah. was it 15 years total at the Denver Post? Pretty a little much over, almost 16 years. 16. I had a stint at Channel 9 uh, in okay. Denver for a while. I covered the Broncos, uh, helped them do that during the Super Bowl year when they got uh, pummeled by the Seahawks in New York. So I got spent wow. a, almost two weeks in New York for that abysmal uh, showing against <laughs> the Seahawks. So anticlimactic. Right. Uh, but, you know, I've always just loved the energy of sports, and, yeah. and I was in that until about um, until about four years ago, and then I kind of, you know, you get older, your priorities change, you do it over and over, um, and I actually am now a bigger sports fan than I used to be because you, <laughs> as with a lot of jobs, you kind of, not sour on it, but it kind of loses its shine. Yeah, um, yeah. But I still love the X Games I've covered. I think this was my 12th X Games to cover this past year, and covering the World Cup was incredible. I was here a month. Oh. When we were when we were doing all our stuff with the with the World Cup, and, uh, with the finals, yeah, and so that energy oh, of you know so being amazing. around all that and working so close to deadline, I really it kind of uh, translates well to news side because that's a little earlier. But then you get these late city council meetings or yep. you know some of these other community meetings that go on, and so it's a lot of fun to 
to be in that energy, you know. Right, right. So I don't miss the hours of the sports. <laughs> right, you know? right. Really odd The Saturday hours. night, the Sunday night, you know, being off on Tuesdays and Wednesdays was your days <laughs> off. But, you know, it, it did well for me. Uh, helped me and my wife raise both our kids. And I worked at night and my wife worked in the morning. So we would do the handoff in the parking lot of the newspaper because she worked in advertising. Amazing. And I would pull in and she'd get in that car and take the kids back home and I'd take her car and, and uh, stay off. at the office. Yeah, High we did five. that a lot. We didn't see each other for oh, 10 geez. years, but we raised our kids, and oh, and uh, they were around both of us all the time, so it was beautiful. That is so cool. We got yeah. so much to get to, David. Of course, we're going to talk about the late Christine Fire. Sure. Uh, first, we're going to take a break. We do want to thank our summer, Andreas, for supporting the local show. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. So. Uh, if you happen to go in their business, please uh, let them know, you know, thanks for supporting the local show and Grassroots TV, the Aspen Square, the Aspen Times, Aspen Animal Hospital, Klug Properties, Pick and County Landfill, and Sundog Athletics. We'll take a quick break, our only one of the show. We'll be back in two minutes, you guys. We're going to talk about the late Christine Fire and how that works in a small newsroom, as well as some other great topics with the Aspen Times and editor David Krause, so don't go away. Aspen Animal Hospital not only offers our community a friendly professional staff featuring five veterinarians, but a new wellness program for pets focusing on prevention and pet longevity. They offer new enhanced feline care, exotic pet care, and acupuncture. Extended hours on weekdays and weekends offer more convenience. For more information, 925-2611 or aspenanimalhospital.com. We're not in Kansas anymore. Hey, did you miss the turn for recycling? I can't read the map on your cracked screen. I'm so passionate about this community. I absolutely love living here and raising my family here. It gives me a lot of pride to share this with my friends and my clients and help them achieve their, their dreams of owning an Aspen Snowmass and enjoying this incredible lifestyle. The Aspen Times has been telling the stories that matter to our community since 1881 and continues to be the only local media outlet committed to local prep sports and dedicated arts and entertainment coverage. They also offer you The Drop-In, a weekly outdoor recreation video highlighting the many reasons we love to live in this community. You can find the Aspen Times at local newsstands, aspentimes.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Celebrating another great summer season, Aspen Square Hotel is the hospitality place, featuring fireplace, studio suites, and larger condominiums with full hotel-style services in the center of downtown Aspen. All accommodations are air-conditioned, and Aspen Square is proud to support The Local Show. To find out more, visit aspensquarehotel.com. Welcome to The Local Show, people you work with. Welcome back to The Local Show. Thank you for sticking with us here on Grassroots Community Network. And now our third show in high definition, wow. which is really exciting, David. I mean, I, I'm sure you know this. As a news guy, Grassroots TV was the first public access station in America in 1972. Uh, thankfully, we did have the hippies yeah. back then yep. coming through Aspen, leaving their impressions yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was Grassroots TV. Yeah. So thanks for Lives being a part on. of history now as we shift into... 
the modern era of high definition. I know it's crazy that high def has just come so far like this. So uh, not when you go in 4K, that's the question. Well, right. you know, I mean, the only bummer is if you're having like a bad like acne day right. or like a bad hair day, people just see it much more clearly. Yeah. So, you know, high D, HD cuts in both ways. Well, know? I will say that it's this not morning I shaved <laughs> and I only shave twice a week, but usually Monday and Thursday, but I did shave today. Do you use an HD blade? No. So it's extra close. Yeah. High definition. By and Gillette. <laughs> I cannot grow a beard to save my life. So I've accepted <laughs> it, I. and now I just say, you know what? Twice a week is good. There you so, go. But today, just because I knew I was going to be on high def, I thought, well, I better clean it up. <laughs> well, it's, a big, it's big for me to take a shower. So, yeah. you know, I shower for the show. But, you know, unfortunately, we don't have makeup. Or right. Any, you know, no green room. But we managed to pull off some uh, some good shows. Thanks yeah. to our guests each week. So thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, no, like Once I again. said, it's an honor to be in, you know, the people <laughs> you've had on the show in the past. It's it's just an honor to be part of that. So I appreciate the offer. Well, hey, I know you're a busy guy. You guys are coming out. Well, we're just kind of coming out of, I don't know if that's the right expression, of the late yeah. Christine fire. It's It's been, you know, kind of settled down. mostly contained yeah. now. And 59% contained as 59%. of this afternoon. So. Okay. Okay, that's a kind of the numbers I've been seeing in the 50-something yeah. percent containment, which kind of means the um, perimeter, correct? When they're talking right. about containment, it's right. not the entire area. That's right. It's, it's not out. A, it's, it's, it's just It's like contained. if you outline the area, that's 59% exactly right. of that is contained. Right, right. And so they've now released, uh, what, a two or 300 of the firefighters? Yeah, that's I think we're... the hot shots and what. Exactly. They need to go off. to different places. You know, they come in and do their work and then just move right. on. Specialists, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, we were... Uh, behind the lines with a few of them last week, and uh, it's it's really impressive the work that those guys do. So let's let's get into that a little bit because I mean sure. this is one of the biggest news stories and disasters this valley has seen in modern times. Sure, I mean to be a big part of that, you know, just just kind of overall impressions of you know kind of just some takeaways at this point in time. Obviously, as we move farther away, right, we'll get a lot of different things out of the experience, but just kind of some some major, you know, kind of takeaways or highlights? Well, I think, you know, you see this when, especially in small communities, when when disasters like this happen, people really get together. Yeah. Um, and I think you saw that last Tuesday with the impromptu, you know, thank you yes. uh, return for the firefighters. And people from the very beginning, you know, Tuesday night, it kind of seemed like it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. They kind of had it, and then Wednesday was 4th of July, and we were all thinking, oh, 4th of July, we'll be having the parade. And, you know, Scott Condon, who uh, lives in Basalt and covers Mid-Valley for us, lives right down in that area, could see it. Um, and so when it, you know, we were in the office all day, I was in the office all day Wednesday, you know, I did a short Facebook Live from the parade like we did last year, and it's you know, people really like the Facebook Lives, as you guys know. You're doing yeah. it now on, on your audience. But, you know, you see the community spirit come together. But then you yeah. also see the way that the feds, once the feds get involved, man, they're all coming in, you know. And <laughs> I was driving home, I think it was Thursday or Friday, uh, when they announced, it was Thursday when they said, when the feds took over command center. Right. And they were bringing people over from the Spring Creek fire. And I had left the Basalt um, High School community uh, meeting and I was driving back up to town to go to the office about seven o'clock and from basalt to Aspen as I was going up valley I passed five uh, forest service fire vehicles that were going down valley who had been reassigned from the spring fire and oh. were coming back over here so you okay. just see the influx and you see those tent cities just bloom out of nowhere wow. uh, I covered a fire the first wildfire I covered was 
the Bobcat Gulch fire, I think it was 99, maybe 2000 outside of Loveland. And that was my first experience of, wow, they just, you know, so they took a middle school, yeah, they took a middle school football just... field and it became a tent city, you know, wow. like they do at Crown Mountain. All these, all these fire crews, the men and women walk around and they, they have their own tents with them. You know, they, they are sleeping in tents, you know, doing their 12 on 12 off shifts. And it's, you know, they set up these tent cities with mess halls and they bring in the portage ons and the showers and it's Amazing. all right there. It's a crazy, you know, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it is a business, you know, so when it's, they, it's, that's what they need to make the people who are working these fires comfortable and ready to go out refresh for their next shift. Right. So that was really impressive. I mean, that, that was really striking to see how they all come in like that yeah. set up. It's just like almost like clockwork at that yeah. point. Yeah, and it then, is. And then it just starts developing a life of its own around the life of this fire. Right. And then you've got the community kind of like, hey, can we help? Or right. <laughs> not knowing what to do. Everyone's confused. People are up in the middle of the night shooting video, watching this fire. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. the whole thing must have been pretty overwhelming. You know? It is, um, especially that first, that Wednesday when the fire took off, um, that Wednesday night when those down valley winds came off that, that storm system on the other side of the divide and you got those unusual you know, down valley winds that pushed yeah. it up over the ridge and then down into Elgibel. And right. That's when, you know, we knew, okay, this is going to get, that was about get that, crazy. Yeah, about that one thirty in the morning time Yeah, frame well, it was, we were, you know, we, we were wrapping up Wednesday and our deadline for press is about 10.15, 10.30, depending, you know, uh, and this is one of those efforts where, you know, it's not just the people writing the stories and doing the page design, but we had people in advertising who came in and helped us move some ads around so we could open up some space to okay. cover the event. We had people in pre-press, you know, our, our paper is printed in gypsum is where our main facility is. And we print the Vale Daily and the Glenwood and Steamboat okay. and Aspen. Okay. And so, you know, the, the team in, in the uh, printing facility was like, okay, let us know, you know, we still need to get as close to deadline as we can, but we understand that what's going on. And so, you know, you, you see, kind of that that group effort and that team effort and yes. everybody working together, not just at the Aspen Times, but at Swift Communications at the main property there and even advertisers, you know, we wow. who sometimes pay for placement, you know, they were, hey, if we need to move an ad, we can move an ad and, and we'll adjust, you know, we'll pay your money back or whatever. But it's that kind of effort once everybody saw how big this was going to be that we really wanted to get as much information out as we could um, via online um, print, social media, you know, those, that's our role. You know, it was a really big learning experience for um, our newsroom as a group about, you know, this is the heart of community journalism and also right. uh, public service journalism right. that we talk about, you know, right. um, because our, our service was to get, you know, stories out there in the morning and keep updating those through the day and then using Twitter and Facebook to tell people, hey, here's the update. Hey, here's the update. Or if the Eagle County Sheriff's Department tweeted something out, we would just retweet it. You know, there's no sense in reinventing the wheel, but our goal was to get this information out in a timely, accurate way that people can use it. There's so many layers and so many complexities. And, and back in the day, like, you know, when you were at the Denver Post, especially the early years, it was like a printed newspaper, and that's what you did. Right. And maybe I would imagine there was a little flexibility 
where you might have to go past deadline if it's a certain story happening right. late at night, right, that right. kind of thing. But now it's like all the social media is happening. Yeah. Um, your online um, presence, just at you know AspenTimes.com, yeah. is updated then every couple hours. Yep. You're tweeting out, like you said. You're yeah. posting through Facebook. So there's all those levels of getting the news out, which right. is amazing, but again, a bit overwhelming because you've got yeah. a lot of bases to cover there, to say the least. You do, and you know, a, a key to all of that really is um, you have the right people in the right places. Yeah. And so, you know, last year we were fortunate enough. Our company at all our properties hired a digital engagement editor, okay. and so we have somebody whose primary focus is. You know, checking our social accounts, making sure the website looks good, making sure there are any updates that we need to do, you know, those kind of things, scheduling out tweets, scheduling out Facebook posts. And so you have a person working there. Then we took a group of people. Um, as I said, Scott Condon, our uh, Mid-Valley reporter, lives yep. there. Yep. And I went down Wednesday night after we got off a deadline. I just, you know, I couldn't stay away from this. And uh, so I went down and I met Scott in the parking lot of Whole Foods at about 11.30 at night, and we stayed up until 3 in the morning and watched as that, you know, fire went past Ace Lane's property, and wow. when we got those immediate evacuation notice for the mobile home park, all those people came over to the other side of 82. And at wow. 1 o'clock in the morning, the Elgebel park and ride was packed with people. Uh, people were in the city market parking lot. They were in the uh, Whole Foods parking lot. They were just at Willits Town Center, they didn't know, you know, I mean, there were evacuation centers, but everybody was kind of waiting to see what happened. And it was so intense and things were popping and exploding. And boy, I tell you, the fact that, I mean, it's horrible that we lost three houses, but the fact it really is amazing, especially when you see the aerials exactly. and, and some of the video that's coming out. The fact that only three houses were lost right. is, is, is really, really a testament to what those crews were doing. And it was the local guys, you know, it was Wednesday night. It was everybody in the valley people from you know vale yep. it was all these firefighters coming together and you know there's video guy standing on porches spraying hoses you know yes. on people's porches down the hill um so that was really you know you you see that all come together yeah and it just was like okay this is this is going to get insane uh, intense for the next week or so you know so being in that moment with all these people being displaced f flames coming up it's nighttime it's dramatic you know um, how were people generally handling it? I mean, was there was there panic? Were people crying? Was there, there was a lot just of, kind of mixed reaction? It was a lot of mixed. Some people calm. Yeah, I think some people, we were, um, Scott and I, like I said, we were in that parking lot until almost 3 o'clock in the morning because we couldn't leave. You know, it's just like, at what point do you peel yourself away from it? Yeah, how can but you? But you started work at 7 in the morning because we stayed up late the night before, and so <laughs> you're just like on this adrenaline, yeah. you know, and you're thinking, okay, we got to let people know what's going on. And so we're sending out social posts at one, two o'clock in the morning, wow. you know, trying to updating stories and trying to let people know because a lot of people were staying with friends and, you know, they weren't in the moment. And so, um, you know, when you're in that moment and you just see what's going on, um, you just can't, you just can't worry about how you are because, you know, there are people who are 10 times worse than you. I mean, yeah. we're standing next to people who are wondering if their house is burnt. Exactly. You exactly. Know? So just the mixed reactions of those people. You're taking all that in, and then you have to, like you said, put yourself on the back burner because people need to know the information. So then you're running on pretty much no sleep for quite a while. Yeah. And going yeah. through this this process and yeah. I mean, just super intense. And 
Um, I mean, did you see anything like super striking that you can remember? Like, you know, you watching know, that, that... people just standing in the parking lot and the way the wind was coming, you know, and, and when I watch a video still is one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and the wind was just blowing down valley like 20 mile an hour, you know, and just these intense gusts and the smoke everywhere. And wow. People were standing on top of their cars to try to get a better vantage point. Um, and you'd hear a pop every now and then and you'd see a blue or purple flame and you're like, oh, I hope that's not a house. And, you know, it was coming down. I mean, it came screaming down that hill um, in a matter of hours. And wow. so it was really, um, I think that's probably that and the, just the, the smoke was so dense that night because right. the way it was burning so hot and the structures and, you know, just the way the wind was whipping and it's one o'clock, one thirty in the morning and it felt like it was 80 degrees outside. Wow. You know? so, so all that, yeah, all those sensations and just yeah. striking scenes and feelings and it's yeah. almost like you're living out a movie, disaster movie right in front of you. Yeah. You know, and the wind and all that and the people and, um, you know, we're, we're getting close to it, to the end of the show, but I wanted to kind of get some takeaways, you know, like, I mean, we know that the heroes, you know, the heroes were locals, yeah. you know, many locals, but also people from all over the country who came in, especially the firefighters, Yeah. you know, and there were some things there, but what, what did you see, like, what, what did you really learn about the community? I mean, and not just Basalt, but the Valley community kind of coming out of this. I mean, we've touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I think you see, you know, just the, the sheer numbers of dollars that people are donating and, people trying to just show yeah. up and drop stuff off. They didn't know where right. to take it or whatever. They just wanted to do something. And people offering right. up their houses. Um, you know, we got emails, if you know anybody who needs a house for two days or a room to stay wow. in, you know, people just, they opened their doors, they opened their pockets, you know, and it, it was it was from Glenwood. I mean, we got an email from a hotel in, in uh, Eagle, you know, if you know of anybody who needs a room for two nights, we'll put them up for two nights. And, awesome. And you That's see awesome. what they do with the dogs and the animals in it as well. So, yeah. But I think that just the outpouring and just how quickly people responded to yeah. help. That's super heartwarming. And then, you're, and then for me, it was like, wow, I'm so proud. Yeah. I'm so blessed yeah. to be in such a community. When you yeah. see it just prove itself over and over and over. When, everyone, you know, when anyone needs uh, uh, help in this community yeah. or we have a loss in the community or what in some kind of tragedy or typically it's an unfortunate situation. Right. But you really get that kind of double down effort yeah. that this is really still a really tight, caring, yeah. loving community. Yeah, even though it's spread over 40 miles in the valley, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. kind of, this is where we need to be on this spot. Come together. Yeah, miles yeah. didn't matter at that point. It wasn't just about Aspen or Snowmass Village or Glenwood or Carbondale it was about the valley and people helping out through the valley. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Well, we're getting down to it here about a, about a minute to go. So I think just, um, you know, moving forward, um, how do you, I guess, I guess my final question would be like, how do you keep things in balance? You know, when, when a major story is going on like that, but then you've right. got all these other things going on in the community. Sure. Like, how do you guys balance or prioritize? And Well, you just got to take your staffing and kind of figure out, you know, who can I work here? What do we need to make sure and cover? You know, yeah. what things can we shift a little bit? Right. And then you just kind of take your resources and who you have. And the great thing about our newsroom was everybody raised their hand. So right, right. I Spread, got the spreading the love. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and utilizing. And we say delegating. That's right. Usually delegating. When we're managers or owners. Yeah, delegating. Yes. Did you have fun on the show today, David? I did. Hey, Eric, thanks for went, being here. It went by crazy fast. Oh, uh, I know. Well, it's, hey, time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. It's so great to meet you and get thanks. to know you. I have a parting gift. I baked some uh, chocolate chip 
uh, coconut dispatches. Ah, all right. And then a reusable container just like this from Pickett County Landfill. Thank you. Our partner. I am a, a big fan of the uh, reusable. Yes. So thank you. Reusable and um, uh, thank you again for being here. David sure. Krause, editor of the Aspen Times, and thank you guys for joining us this week on The Local Show. Thank you. Aspen Animal Hospital not only offers our community a friendly professional staff featuring five veterinarians, but a new wellness program for pets focusing on prevention and pet longevity. They offer new enhanced feline care, exotic pet care, and acupuncture. Extended hours on weekdays and weekends offer more convenience. For more information, 925-2611 or aspenanimalhospital.com. We're not in Kansas anymore. Hey, did you miss the turn for recycling? I can't read the map on your cracked screen. I'm so passionate about this community. I absolutely love living here and raising my family here. It gives me a lot of pride to share this with my friends and my clients and help them achieve their, their dreams of owning an Aspen Snowmass and enjoying this incredible lifestyle. The Aspen Times has been telling the stories that matter to our community since 1881 and continues to be the only local media outlet committed to local prep sports and dedicated arts and entertainment coverage. They also offer you The Drop-In, a weekly outdoor recreation video highlighting the many reasons we love to live in this community. You can find the Aspen Times at local newsstands, aspentimes.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Sundog Athletics is celebrating 22 years as Aspen's Adventure Sports School and is your opportunity to quickly and safely gain new skills to experience the thrills of adventure sports, including mountain and road biking, fitness hiking, and the area's only flatwater canoeing adventures. For more, sundogathletics.com, Sundog Athletics on Facebook, or 925-1069. Welcome to the